Welcome back to another impactful night of the Impact Education Leadership. This is episode 98. I'm your host, Adi Tweet, for Isaac Girl on the third night. Talents are Freedom Smith, Jeannie Delacosta, and the lovely Miss Nina Taylor. The lovely Miss Nina Taylor, please say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. How are you? Wonderful. And Jeannie Delacosta, please say hello to the people. Hello, everyone. And Freedom Smith, please say hello to the people. Hi, guys. Well, tonight is going to be on, but the word I'm hearing is determination. Determination. Tonight's topic is surviving as a single parent. Single parenting duties are no different from those for a married one, except that the parent is on their own. Statistics show some significant challenges for new single mothers, and we hope to give a few words of wisdom to help single mothers overcome them. Approximately 30% of single mothers reported symptoms of depression or anxiety compared with just 14% of partner mothers. In addition, a more significant proportion of single mothers reported high general stress levels of 37% and high parenting stress levels of 26% compared with that of partnered mothers. Mental health professionals reported that 8.6% of African Americans suffer from social anxiety disorders, 4.9% from generalized anxiety disorders, and 3.8% from panic disorders. According to the CDC, African-Americans have the highest rate of current depression at 12.8%, followed by Hispanics 11.4% and whites 7.9%. More specifically, in African-Americans, the most common Mental illness disorder include major depression, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, suicide, and post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD for short. These anxieties and depression associations, councils of America have been coming up with strategies to help us manage these conditions in our community. Uh, tonight, I, I, I want to bring on these, these special, special guests uh, for me, uh, who are, I would call, overcomers, who are more than conquerors, and who are determined women, people, that have done above and beyond the call of Duty. First, I want to pull on Freedom Smith. Freedom and I go back. Freedom, please say hello to the people and tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Freedom, Freedom is a, a film producer and director, but anyway, I'll let her tell you. Well, uh, five, six years ago, I decided to do a complete career change. I had been in mortgage for 20-something years, and I just decided that, you know, I'd reached the point where I was, like, I was asking myself well, what I want to do with the rest of my life, and I picked up an old uh, dream of mine that I'd had and it left on the back burner, and I picked it up and I've been running with it. I've been I've done a few films, uh, written a few pieces, I've directed a, a one short. I'm getting ready to do another short uh, that, that I've written, and I'm just... Um, waiting for the day where I can transition full time. You know, Freedom, 
I, I want to bring you on here to tonight because we, of course, we, we worked, we worked in production, we worked on set, we worked in, in, in entertainment. Okay, and you're very, very gifted. You're very talented, just like you know the rest panelists tonight on the podcast. You have, I, I've seen you, you know, endure a lot. Uh, you're, you're a single mom, and let us welcome to you and, and kind of, kind of hear from your side. What was that like? What was your experience as a single mom and, and those challenges of raising a son or, or, or raising a, a child? What made you? What made you determine? Okay. Well, um, well, this kind of started off. I was a. I was um, a child that was raised in a very, very uh, extremely abusive home, um, uh, physical, mental, verbal neglect, uh, and I just, I have experienced, you know, in and out of foster care, all of these things, um, and so when I had, when I finally left home, I, I left home and I became, I was kind of, I, I, I was thankful that I wasn't on the street. I was, I was blessed where I was living with someone, living with someone for a little bit, but eventually I kind of had to um, make some some decisions, and I ended up at uh, at what is it, a job corps. Yes, so I ended up at job corps. It was either that or on the street, so I chose chose job corps. Um, and I, you know, you go from one situation and you, you really haven't, and I was in a very, I, I came in from a very isolated situation to kind of like dumped into, and when you're a job for everybody, every, everything, everywhere is just there. And um, I just was like this, uh, you know, how you look at the, gla- the, the world from outside the glass and like, wow, you this is what's going on in the world. I was uh, like, eat popcorn, like, this is life. <laughs> so anyway, I, you know, met someone and, you know, and I always tell people that, you know, I really didn't have any, you know, concept of, okay, well, this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, you know, go to college. I was extremely smart, but I didn't have any type of goals that I really didn't even know what I wanted to do with my life. So I met someone who I felt, you know, I think I like this person. I think I can be with this person for a long time. And we made this very, very conscious decision to have a child. Yeah. And I always tell people, no, it wasn't by accident. I, 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 I was like, hmm, let's go ahead. You know, it was, anyway, young, being young. And so once, you know, I was confirmed that I was pregnant. You know, here I was. I was thinking I was with this person. We were going to be married. And, of course, you know, like every typical single single mother, something happened. He got into some trouble. He ended up going to jail. And I was pretty much by myself. You know, I didn't really have a close relationship with my mother. And I think the, when she did find out about it, she was, her words were, well, you laid in the bed. You're grown now. Handle it. And those were, that was it. So I was on my own and I had to think really, really fast. And so I was thankful that the same family that had took me in when I ran away from home took me in for a little bit and allowed me to basically enough time to have my baby 
and I had to, I literally already was thinking, okay, I, I need to, because it was words that were being said to say, okay, we'll help you, but you can't stay here. And so I was like, okay, I need a job, you know, I need, you know, I need to get, I had to think real quick. And so I was thankful that at the time when I was at Job Corps, an older woman had already spoken to me, even prior to me being pregnant, basically saying, hey, you know, you really need to take advantage of the things that they're offering here. So I had already got my CNA license. So that allowed me to get a job and allowed me to get a, a, a little apartment. And um, there started my journey of being a single mom. Um, and I think when I, when they, you know, when I was given the news that I was pregnant, when I was given the news or when I realized I was going to be doing this by myself, I remember having a very, uh, this internal dialogue with myself because it was really scary. You know, I, it, it wasn't like I could go to someone's house or I, I it was just me. And so I, you know, it was just, Lord, and, and God, I think I said a prayer and I just said, well, Lord, I don't even know what's about to happen. I just ask you to protect me and my child. And I just was determined, you know, I knew that we needed shelter. <laughs> that was the first part. I knew that I, I was thankful for that I had gotten my license. I knew we needed shelter. The first focus was, hey, I need an apartment. So I think for the first, oh, so many years, it was just, I was in provide mode from, from, from my, my son. You know, as I, as I thank you, thank you for sharing your personal story. And uh, don't go anywhere because I'm, I'm going to come back to you and ask you some, some more questions. I'm about to go to, uh, wow, it just, I'm just, I'm, I'm at a loss. I, I never knew this. I've been knowing you for years and I've never, never, I, I never knew. Um, you're so strong. You're so refined. Don't go anywhere. I'm, I'm going to go to Jeannie next, but as, as Freedom Smith was talking about those, those images that she, that she saw growing up, though they may have been some positive, some may have been distorted images of relationships, of, of partners, of, of growing up. But what I heard most from what you said, Freedom, is that no matter what you experienced, no matter what you had to endure, no matter any of the challenges that you faced, that still didn't put a limit on God and His provision and His grace over your life. Okay. Okay. That's why that's why you're here today. That's why you're here tonight. Mm-hmm. No, I was gonna say, and I was a I wasn't raised in church. I just remember finding a, a book. It was a book that was uh we somebody gave us, you know, gave me you know, have people give you clothes and at the bottom of it there was, was a book. And it was kind of like a picture Bible. I didn't even know what it was. But I knew that I wanted whatever it was, was talking about, you know, talked about this man, Jesus, you know, and I just would, and it would tell you, you know, all you have to do when you pray is talk to God, you know. And so I just, I didn't have a, a form of religion. I didn't have a church that we, was, we went to or anything. I just remember this book and being inspired that, man, whatever this is, I really want a part of this.
And I just remember even going out, I just would always carry some of the things that I had read in this book and have these conversations with this God, right, you know, that I had learned from this book and would be like, you know, hey, if you'll just take me through here or, well, God, what do I need to do? And, you know, I don't really understand, you know, you know, of course, you know, the Lord, I was able to get a better understanding. But for the, for the most part, in the very beginning, I really didn't have any, I didn't have a you know, I didn't have scriptures. <laughs> I didn't know any scriptures or anything like that. I just knew what I had learned in this picture book. And that was what carried me. Mm. Don't go anywhere, Freedom. This is uh, this is going to help so many people. Oh, my goodness. Let me let me go to Jeannie Delacosta. Jeannie Delacosta, before, before I ask you to share your personal story, just kind of tell us, little bit about who you are and, and, and what you do. There are so many gifted uh, panelists here tonight, but can I share with the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, I am um, I'm a writer, a single mom. I am a Navy veteran of 13 years. I, um, I was just accepted into nursing school at, at 47, but you know, I am <laughs> finally, I'm there. You know, I have the wisdom and that, you know, that wisdom and that strength. Cause I, I've, I've been 20, over 25 years in the medical field, military and civilian. So, um, that, um, and, and I'm overcoming. I think that, um, the core of us is, um, that we are, are powerful, strong, and we are, overcomers um you know children of god so pretty much in a nutshell um that's who i am a mother of two single mom um so yeah that's that's who i am what i love about you guys about you ladies about you women is that when i listen to you i imagine how it was when my grandmother was alive and and when she was young and vibrant like you three and um you know she made it to the rank of Medea and it's so fascinating to me to share conversations with with young ladies that are paving the way and trailblazing and, and going in that direction of becoming Medea <laughs> I mean I love this feeling I love this feeling because I mean, come on, that's that's the rite of passage, especially in the African, you know, the African American community. Madea, once you make it to the rank of Madea, that's general status, right? You're you're like a four star general of the family. That's Madea. Whatever Madea says goes. All right, we're, we're, we're eating supper. We eating uh, at Madea's house on Sunday. I mean, that is the the apex. <laughs> right yeah, of, of, she, of womanhood yeah she's the strength of the family she's the she's the strength of the family and you know we all have our roles the female and the male and i was reading some stuff about the african um uh, family traditions a long time ago and and it said that that the woman was pretty much the strength the men had their part but the woman it was the woman who held down the household which was the foundation of the family the matriarch, the ma but you know what? They came with a lot of pressure. You yeah. can't tell me that didn't come with a lot of pressure, with a lot of crying behind the scenes, behind the scenes. 
Mm-hmm. Can we talk about behind the scenes? Mm-hmm. Delacoste? Yes. Could you share could yes. you could you share with us your personal story? Um, well, I became a single mom at twenty six. I was in the military. Um, before that I was raised born and raised in Inglewood, Chatham area of Chicago, um, the Robert Taylors. Um, and I and, and I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. And my mom was a single parent of five kids. And, you know, I asked her one time, I said, Mom, why? Because I don't believe in abortion. But I asked her, I said, did you ever think about that? She said, no, never. So she raised us all by herself. Um, we had hard times, lived in abandoned homes. Um, in, in, in some place we lived in a project. I don't know if you guys ever seen the tall skyscraper project in Chicago. But that was my home up until I was 13. I mean, we moved around to different places uh, below the poverty level on a lot of places. But our family was strong. Uh, my father wasn't in the picture until I was, um, sad to say, we didn't have a relationship until I was 30. But uh, I grew up in that. I, I, the way I got out of the, I, I dropped out of high school, and I also went to Job Corps. I went to Job Corps, two or three Job Corps. After I was 21, when I graduated, uh, a couple of years afterwards, I went into the military. And um, while I was in the military at 26, I became a single mom. Um, and it was, it's a strong, in the military, there is a strong family support system, but still I was doing it on my own. New single mom, um, you know, I mean, I, I had siblings and other babies, children around me, and I knew what to do. But it was still hard. It was still hard because I know you hear a lot that a woman say, you know, I can do this on my own. I don't need a man. I would like to say I do not totally agree with that. Um, God put a structure. Yeah. God put a structure in place. You know, man, um, husband, wife, children. And um, when you talk about behind the scenes, when a woman is doing that on her own and there's that, that man is not there, that strength that, 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 that to, to help raise the children, help build that home, you're becoming man, male, you're becoming um, mother and father at the same time. And, and that's not a burden that God wanted on a, on a woman. I mean, he, he created Adam and then he made a, a mate for, for him. He created Eve because he knew that that pressure would be there. So nowadays, it's like, what is it, 70, 75% now in the African-American community, it's like single moms, and you, that, that, that stress of being everything to that child, especially when you're raising male children. My son, he, that was, I, I had a son um, um, when I was um, 26, and I, I don't know how to be a man. I, <laughs> you know, I don't know how to raise a man, so I, the only thing I knew how to do is to raise some in 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 the shadow of the in in the Lord, with you know, bring him up, teach him about God, being a decent person, being a noble person. I, I but I didn't know how to, you know, um, raise a man. So and there was exactly. not stress, a lot of depression, a lot of crying nights when I cried out to God, and you know, I remember specifically God said, "I will be His father." Yeah, and from, from, from then on, that strength, that core strength was still in me. Um, 
but but of course, you know we're human, so it's it, it 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 was a it was a battle. It was a battle. I hear so much hidden powers. I hear so much grace and what you and freedom have experienced as single as single parents. What you said tonight is is preparing some and is comforting others. And what do I mean by that? It's preparing them with peace. It's comforting them with grace. And so these are, I believe, the values that are are necessary for us to heal. And what I mean by healing, not just healing as as single mothers, but healing as as a community. Like I, I talked about some of the things that we have been uh, enduring with mental wellness, mental health. And these are some of the triggers. These are some of the, because I believe mental illness is triggered by trauma. And when you go through or experience that phenomenon of, of trauma day in and day out, it begins to weigh on you. It begins to be a burden. It begins to be heavy on your mind. It begins to be a yoke on your shoulder. And so what you have said, what you have shared, both of you, what you have shared tonight is going to have so many. Let me let me go back. Let me go back to Freedom Smith. I call I call her free. I actually call her free because she's a very free spirited person. Free. Let me let me ask you something because I know you learned some tools along the way. Some I know you have a survival kit that you put together that hopefully you can share with the listening audience tonight, and that uh, would be. A question I'll have to ask you so that you could, you know, share with us. Okay. So the question I want to ask you is, uh, how did you ensure, or or how did you plan, right? And how did you plan successfully in, on, on your daily tasks to make sure you you carried out your your objectives for the day for the week? You know, how, how did you plan while still maintaining your your motherhood you know while still being a parent while still raising a child how, how did you how did you plan even your self-care how did you how did you take care of yourself mm, how'd you do it plan you know i'm laughing because when you say plan i'm like man was i planning i don't you know um Amen. right right <laughs> so it's like he said plan like there was you know, I don't, I'm not, I, I feel like it was, it was this ongoing more metamorphosis. You know, you just kind of morphed. Now, if I could, and, 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 yeah, I'm saying this from a perspective. Metamorphosis? Okay. And when I said it, because I'm coming from yeah. the standpoint that I really had no support. You know, I didn't have a mother or a father, a father who was, you know, picking up the kids or doing, this is, it was just me. And so, you know, and I didn't really have, I didn't have really close friends because I was kind of going back and forth through foster care. So it wasn't like I had this support system. So I can't come from the standpoint of, of having someone tell me, well, Freedom, this is what, or this is how you do, you know, I really didn't know. I can't, you know, so I, I don't know if I, uh, I feel like as the 
the years went by, I feel like um, I was play. I'm gonna say place God placed me in areas that taught me things, or placed me with a person who would give me a little bit of nugget of wisdom, and I would take it. And and like okay, you know, um, you know, and it was just like and that's why I said for me it was always kind of like a metamorphosis into something else. It kind of morphed. It was, and so I was going forward with the the, the sole purpose of I just wanted to make sure that I raised my son, and then I actually adopted another child, which was my son's cousin. And I, at that time, I just said to myself, Lord, I just want to raise decent human beings. That's all I really know. I want decent human beings who will love you if I train them, you know, train them in church. You know, even if, you know, something happens, they'll have this foundation. And I wanted them to know that I love them. You know, as you know, and and I didn't want to raise them. And, and of course, in my back of my mind, I didn't want them to be raised you know, to fear, you know, and, and what, how I was raised was very, a fear-driven, um, very, very fear-driven, like, you know, you couldn't move if the fear was so strong. I didn't want that in my house. So, you know, and, and how was I, I, I it, was, it was a lot of trial and error. <laughs> it was a lot of trial and error, and then a lot of the Holy Spirit saying, don't do that. Okay, don't say that. Okay. And just trying to, you know, so I can't, but what I can say for anyone that's out there that may be, but I feel like there are some single mothers who have, you know, had a very, very, you know, been through a lot of trauma, and now they're raising children, and it's, it can be difficult when you've never had good examples. And so, I mean, the best thing that I knew, I did take, I did embrace counseling. I did embrace uh, forgiveness and really taking some internal dialogue about what had happened to me and not trying to push it under the rug and say, oh, I really just em- had to, you know, take a moment sometimes and really journal out what had happened to me, all that had happened to me, and get to the point where I could uh, not only just acknowledge this has happened, but also get the forgive the party, the people who had did the things that they had did to me. Because I didn't want to carry over that um, bitterness or or th- these little mannerisms. I didn't want to carry that over and and inadvertently uh, pass those over to my own children. Um, I'm, I need to pull on you for this. How how would you describe this this whole conversation, this whole rapport, this whole experience? How would you describe? this conversation thus far and what and what we're talking about now I mean if you had a word to describe it what how would you describe it overcomers I would say overcomers uh, mm. just like them I had never ever planned to be a single mom I mean that was the farthest thing from my mind, the farthest thing from my mind. I grew up seeing, you know, my grandparents in a very happy, loving relationship, raised up eight children. Now, of course, my parents were divorced when I was very young, and I said, oh, well, you know, there's no way I'm doing that. You know, when I get married, I'm gonna have the 50th and the 60th wedding anniversary and all that. So it was, it never occurred to me that that wasn't gonna happen, especially with the person I had been with him since I was a teenager. He was my first love, my first boyfriend, my first everything. And I just 
he was just everything to me. And right after we got married, everything just kind of went crazy and with me not having much experience or anything like that. And, and then uh, soon after, um, we, I, wanted, I thought, you know, hey, let's, let's start a family because that's the thing to do. And I had suffered two miscarriages back to back. On the third one, which was actually um, with my second husband, I thought, you know, after going through the trauma of being divorced and everything that happened with that, we don't have time to hear that whole story. That's insane. I actually rushed into another relationship and got married without really knowing this person that well. And six months into it, I found out that he uh, had an addiction to drug and alcohol, drugs and alcohol. Now, after already having the trauma of two miscarriages, I became uh, pregnant again and thinking that everything was going to go okay. Well, six months into it, uh, something happened. I had complications. I was rushed to the hospital, had an emergency C-section, and the child died right after that. Uh, so here I am uh, going through the whole heartbreak and trauma of a marriage and then this and thinking that everything was going to be okay uh, while going through the whole pregnancy knowing that this guy is, uh, you know, he's disappearing and he's on drugs and alcohol and nobody told me and I didn't know and now we're having a baby and hopefully everything's going to be okay. That's what I, that was my mindset at the time and then when it wasn't, then it was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? That was such trauma that's been 26 years and I can tell you right now that that kind of pain never, ever, ever goes away. It never stops hurting you just learn how to deal with it now I did end up going through grief counseling after all of that because it was such a traumatic thing with you know being so excited so happy that everything was going to be okay because the furthest I had ever made it was like around 12 weeks you know between 12 and 16 weeks when I got past that threshold into the second trimester and heading towards the third when I thought oh wow everything's going to be okay but and when it wasn't when everything just all of a sudden you know you get up that morning and everything's great you go to work and then all of a sudden oh my goodness something's wrong and then within a blink of an eye your whole life is turned upside down it's, it's unbelievable it's unbelievable I, I can't you have to go through it to really understand it because it's, it's just it's, it's, it's insanity and it did uh, weigh me down for a lot of years I was at the point where I was even contemplating suicide because I was so depressed for so long behind that and everything else that had happened two marriages down the tubes um, you know the miscarriages the death everything was just weighing me down and it, it just got to be too much to the point where everybody could see that you know something's different about her she's not you know the person that she was was happening and actually when I was going through the divorce process uh, with the second marriage the judge actually ordered me into grief counseling even she could see and even from listening to me speak she said you know I, I hear you on the radio and the person that I'm looking at right now that's somebody else you know <laughs> that's somebody else so I was actually ordered into grief counseling I'm actually got it, glad that I did you know we've gone through a lot of uh, death last year and and we're all going like as a family so it does you just you really don't the pain doesn't go away when you go through a lot of trauma like that it just you just learn how to deal with it in a different way you know you don't let the, the depression consume you anymore but from what I'm hearing from <clears throat> what everyone has said today is that yeah we're absolutely overcomers
were overcomers. Despite everything that happened, we overcame it. You know, I did eventually do have, did have a son. Uh, he's grown up now. He's got his own son. And everything, you know, it worked out in the end. And he's a strong person and, you know, nothing like me. <laughs> he's a strong person. And we, you know, we made it. It was just me and him. And we, we made it, you know, we did what we had to do. I wasn't really suffering like financially or anything like that. You know, by the time he came around, I was a good planner. I was working, you know, had a good job and all that. So he didn't go through any of that stuff that, you know, we did growing up and, you know, the projects and all that and being hungry. He never went through any of that. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just grateful for that. But yeah, we're all overcomers despite things that happen. We overcame it. There's a glow on all three of you tonight. Listen, I, I feel it. I feel the glow. Let me pull from Jen, Jenny. Let me pull from you real quick. As yeah. far as this conversation so far tonight, how would you describe this conversation thus far tonight? How would you describe it in your words? I would describe it as um, um, powerful. Um, we are, when you were talking to Freedom about how she, you know, planned it, I, I will have to agree with her. It's not something that, that we planned. We just had to, you know, just like a, a, a warrior in a, in a battle, we just had to fight. We have no other option but to do what we, what God, um, um, do what we have to do as, 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 as moms, as fighters. And, um, you know, with God behind us and what we went through and what we what we've seen throughout our life, um, and um, and in most cases we knew that we didn't want that for our children, so we had to we 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 fought to give them the opposite the opposite of what we had. Um, I when I had my um, I also had that dream of being a you know. 2.5, um, um, you know, having a husband, a family, I mean, a, a husband, a, a home, a, you know, a, a, a dog, white picket fence, but it didn't work out uh, for me. The first one, my second, my second um, time around being a mom, I almost had that, but it, it, it didn't turn out. I got divorced. Um, so I would say powerful. And, and I, you're I still alive. And you're still alive. And it's not it. <laughs> this is not it. No, it's 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 this it's is not, not it's, it. Right. This it's is not, not it. Yes, yes, I would have to agree. <laughs> this is not it. This is not it. This is not that, and that is not it. Listen, let me ask. You, thank you. Listen. Oh, this is so good. Lord have mercy. This is so good. <laughs> uh, freedom. You've been transparent. Yes. I mean, you shared some interesting experiences that you had. Yes. But I, I, I need to pull on you a little bit deeper. Can I go further? I'm kind of scared, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I know. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> okay, here it is. Okay, here it is. What are some of the fears that women have about mental illness? Um, I will have to say 
I, and, I, and I may be wrong, but I will say not coming back. Crossing that threshold and not coming back to wholeness, sanity, happiness, joy. I will say um, mm. not coming back. That's so, that's so real. That's so real because... I have it in my family. I have it in my family. I, I have siblings. That, and, and the type of patience, the type of long suffering, I, I, I would say it's, it's really those fruits, those, those that love God's love language is really, really tapped into as it relates to mental wellness in, in our communities. So that's not just African-Americans, that's Hispanic, that's white, that's Asian, you name it. But let me ask the same question too. Thank you for that response. That was bold. That was a very bold response. I want let's just go around the panel. I want to ask the same question. What are some of the fears women have about mental illness? Who who wants to take that next? You see, I can I certainly take it next because I can tell you from my own experience was everyone finding out. You know, everyone thinking something's wrong with me. Um, That's good. You know, yeah, I mean, that was my thing was, oh, you know, everybody's going to know. And, you know, everybody at church is going to know. Everybody's going to know that I'm crazy. That, that was the thing. But my perspective is so different because I felt like everybody already thought I was crazy. <laughs> and so, you know, so, no, because I really had a lot of social type of, you know, because I really, you know, I hate to say socialize like I was a dog, but, you know, if you spend your life not being around a lot of people socializing, you kind of come in like, I had a lot of social anxiety because I really didn't know how to, I mean, just walking across the room was just, it was excruciating for me. Looking at people in their eyes was just like, oh my gosh, you know, it was terror. So for me, it was kind of, there was no, because I just wanted to find answers. You know, I just was trying to figure out my life because I didn't know how to navigate, you know. In the, I mean, I, I didn't know how to navigate, but, you know, when it came to social things or how people interacted with each other, I was kind of, I was really kind of, you know, not at a, you know, I wasn't able to really uh, do it, I mean, I can say correctly, but I just struggled. So... I went to counseling to kind of like, yo, so I, I, I don't think I would have cared because, yeah, because I, like I said, I think people kind of was like, she's a little weird. <laughs> you know, she's a little, mm. so I just was trying, I was trying to go to counseling to see if maybe there was a possible way, possible way to be normal, quote unquote, whatever that means. Okay, Freedom, let me say this, and please don't take offense. What you just said to me is scary because when I see you, I don't, I don't see that. I mean, either you hide it very well, and and, and maybe and maybe it's because of you know the love or whatever, and you know love what, covers a multitude. What, <laughs> what, 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 and I, no, no, no. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. that. I just see you, the, you're gifted, you're talented, and it's and, and you know when now. you're gifted like that, you're kind of weird. But and that's me, no, that's me now. That. That's, no, no, no. But see, that's me now. But when I was 20, 
And I'm, you know, because you think when we talk about PTSD, PTSD, you know, when you've been in a home, a physically violent home, uh, and you are, you've been isolated, and, and you basically, you know, I didn't even know how to, t people, I would talk, and people would say, why are you muttering? I thought I was talking loud to my ears, and people couldn't even hear me. There was a lot of things that I had to uh, 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 leave behind or, 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 uh, what is the word I'm looking for? That, that I had to kind of fight through. I mean, I used to couldn't, like I said, I couldn't look people in the eyes. I used to walk around with my head down. I'd be looking at the concrete, you know, because I just had this fear of looking at people or people looking at me. So there was a whole lot of things when I, even though I had left my mother's, my mother's home, there was a whole lot of things that carried with me. I was, you know, my, 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 my episode came to the point where the doctor prescribed me medicine and I took it one time and I was like, no, I didn't like the way it made me feel. And so yeah. I had to go through it. I had to fight through it and I had to rebuild myself yes, exactly. um, spiritually, mentally. I had to go through the fire because I didn't want my senses numb. I mean, I had my daughter you know, take, taken away from me. My ex-husband, he, he um, petitions the court to get the modification <clears throat> and, and, they, and they agree with him. And so for two years, I, I, I mean, for, for, just taking it back a little bit, three days I was in a, you know, a behavior health ward because, I mean, could you imagine? I, I wish that on no um, body, man or woman. So exactly. I went to the, I, I have to tell you, I went to the seventh layer of hell. You know, I would mm. walk past my daughter's room, it, it's all beautiful, she's not there. And that, that's, that's my baby. So I had the medication, I didn't take it. I had to fight, not, when I say it, um, as far as um, not coming back, I had to fight not to go yes. over that. You know, over that because my my children was dependent on me. So yeah. I, you have to rebuild yourself. You have to fight. You have to. That's it's, good. It's it, 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 it a lot. Yeah. I want you to talk about yeah. that because listen, I'm telling you, we're connected to you. We are connected yeah. to you. You are taking. We're yeah. on the journey with you. Listen, you are helping. Let me tell. Let me tell you. What you oh Lord, let me tell you what I see. And this is why you got to finish. I see you as an eagle, a mother eagle, okay? And the thing about an eagle is, an eagle has claws. And those claws are used to go and snatch those little eaglets and bring them back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Their fall. There are some people that's listening to this podcast right now that are falling into darkness. That are falling into yeah. dreary places of uncertainty. They don't have any way out. And and they're they're gonna hear what you just said. <laughs> we need you to help them lift their head. I, I will, okay. Pull them I, in, I, pull I, them I, in, I pull them I in. Did, I did I did kinda gloss over it. You know, I don't know how much time you have, but I would I would try <laughs> to go fast. But um so when I had my I had my second child, uh my I was married at the time. My my husband when she was eight months he left us. Uh, my son was twelve. He went, we were living in Indiana, he was, he went to Seattle and went with another um, um, uh, woman. So he was working, I wasn't, I was taking care of the home. When he left, um, excuse my language, but all hell broke loose. 
Um, I was going through postpartum depression. I was just, you know, just a lot. And then after that, for a while, um, 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 for I, I think uh, for about six or eight months, we was in a homeless shelter. And um, yeah. when I was in a homeless shelter, I was working, but still I wasn't, it wasn't enough to, you know, do what I needed to do as far as get a home and stuff like that, take care of my baby. But while I was there, I got a call from the homeless shelter, the, the women there asked me if I want to tell my story about a single mom, um, Navy veteran. I said, sure. So I told my, uh, they, they asked me, do I want to tell it on the Steve Harvey show? Um, I was like, uh, is this a trick question? <laughs> so I, I told my story, and I went to the Steve Harvey sh- story uh, um, show, um, and they presented us with a home, um, 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 a, a town home, and my family was there. We were there for a while, for a year. Um, and then after, during that time, my son went to a camp for uh, Steve Harvey's camp where I met a lot of beautiful single moms and they pampered us and they, we, told, we told our stories. And that's when I started. I wrote my first book, Brokenness Together. And um, um, so everything was going well for a couple of uh, years. I, 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 I skimmed over that. <laughs> everything went well for a couple of years, but um, it still was hard um, trying to find a job, trying to put everything to piece together. And when my daughter was five years old, we, um, we, we finally got a nice place out here in Joliet. That's when I got the papers in the mail that my ex-husband wanted to um, uh, fight for custody. So we went to court. I didn't have a lawyer. He had a lawyer. It was Indiana. Um, and they sided with him. So my daughter is now, at that time, she was almost six. I got the court, I got the letters in the mail. My world fell apart. It felt like my, 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 my foundation was just taken from me. I, I, I was slowly going down a, 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 a dark, dark path. And I remember laying in bed and, and it was, it was like darkness was just cl- closing in on me. And I, I, I haven't prayed to God. I haven't, I didn't talk to God because I was kind of mad at him. And, and I heard him say, speak to me talk to me. And I slid from my bed and I, and, 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 and I talked to him. I, I told him what was going on in, in my life, how, you know, what was going on. I mean, I knew he knew, but, um, but that's when I started opening up to God and talking to him. But my daughter was, was taken from me. Um, and, and like I said, I was putting on, on pills to, cause I, I went to depression. I even thought about suicide and, um, um, so wh- wh- while I'm, 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 I'm there in the hospital, you know, they're, 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 they're talking to us and, and they're, and they're trying to help us, you know, get through it. Um, the last day I came home, um, and I remember specifically the Lord said, I will fight your battles. I will fight your battles. Cause I had so many things I wanted to do. I want to revenge somehow, some way, but I didn't have the power. He had all the power. So I just, I, I, I that's when I had to, to change, um, you know, metamorph um, to, to get strength, pull strength from anywhere 
I could except for the medicine. I talked to my family. I talked to the Lord. I stayed, I spent time in scripture. And no matter what, he never um, um, allowed that vengeance that was in, that in, that, that was in me um, manifest. I still pray for my ex-husband. Um, uh, two years later, um, kind of cut through that, but if you guys have questions, of course. <laughs> Two years later, my ex-husband got a divorce. He was going through the divorce. He couldn't fight. I got me a lawyer. He couldn't fight two battles. And he said, I give up custody. I give it up. You take her. You, you about to say that. You two, years, two years later, she was back in my home. The way I described it was I felt like I was jumping out of my body every day. It's weird, it's hard to explain, but I felt like I was jumping out and walking in front of it instead of actually inside of it. It was just the weirdest thing, but if you feel like, you know, you have like an overabundance of anxiety, if you're nervous and you're scared, there's nothing wrong with getting help. There's nothing wrong. The thing I found out about a lot of churches is that they have a lot of people who are willing to listen to all your problems, but they may not be qualified you know to actually help you and that was one of the things that i went through where i had somebody who was actually when I, i'm thinking about killing myself and i had a person reading from a card talking to me on a prayer line i said are, are, are you reading something you know but don't be afraid to reach out and get professional help you'd be surprised it's not what you think they're not going to be looking at you pointing the finger saying oh you're crazy this is what you got to do and and shoving pills down your throat it's not like that i mean people think all kinds of things about uh getting counseling and that's why they're reluctant to do it but please reach out and get professional help if you need to <laughs> this was another impactful night and in fact it gets leisure Guests tonight were Freedom Smith, Jeannie DeLaCosca, and the lovely Miss Nina Taylor. So proud of you, ladies. Good night. <laughs>